1: Well, thank you so much, Sid, and thank you, everyone, for joining us today for Messianic Vision. Our guest today is a lead seer prophet at Global Prophetic Alliance and the director of Global Prophetic Alliance Prayer Institute. Her passion is equipping, training, and demonstrating (laughs) the fullness of who God is, the spiritual gifts that are available to all believers, the reality of access to the realm of the spirit and how to navigate it for kingdom advancement in the earth. So please welcome for the first time with us here at Messianic Vision and It's Supernatural Sarah Jane Biggart. Hey, Sarah Jane, how are you?
2: Um, so well, thank you Donna for having me. Said, I'm so honoured to be here. I am a big fan of It's Supernatural <laughs> for so many years, I can't tell you. Um, and you guys uh, have done an amazing work. So it's my complete honour and privilege to be with you today. Well, let me tell you this, after reading your
1: book and studying your material, I'm a big fan of your ministry oh, as well. Bless and you know what? Have mercy, we are all big fans of the Lord Jesus, aren't we? Yes. <laughs> all right, let's let's move on. I I understand that you attended a Catholic private school until you were about 11 and your your parents were not people of faith at this time, but Sarah Jane, once you grew up, you got married, you had your first child. You and your husband began to seek, in a personal way, God. Explain Mm -hmm. that situation. Why then, and and what were you seeking, and what did you find?
2: Oh, wow. Well, when I was pregnant with our our son, I think, and and having given birth to him, we just really felt there was— somebody else or something else involved um, in this amazing, miraculous birth. And there was an awakening, I think is the best way to describe it, an awakening of hunger. We had thought on marriage that actually going to church in the new community we'd moved into as a newly married couple, that it would be great to go to church. We just thought it'd be great to get to yes, know everybody. Yes. And we, we, we just thought Actually, we both believed in God, but let me tell you, and I think this is so key for all the listeners, nobody had ever said to us, either of us, that you could have a personal relationship with Jesus. Mm. Nobody had ever even mentioned that, and I'd never even thought of it, to be honest. And So it was when our son got born and we were thinking, there's more here. Let's just begin to ask the questions. So we asked the questions of our friend who's the minister at the local Church of Scotland we were going to. Would you be willing to baptise our son, really, just... Feeling like we wanted to join him into the church, sure. And he said, Well, you know, if you're looking to join him into the church, why don't you look at that for yourselves? And so, we did something that I would call a mini alpha course. I mean, most people know what the alpha course is, don't they? It's a kind of a let's have a look at Jesus and let's have a look at God and let's get to know a little bit more about him, and which is an international course of really for seekers. And so, we did this short course. And it took a wee while because with a new baby, Donna, you know what it's like. (laughs) I do. Um, You know, not a lot of sleep and your world is turned upside down with your first child. So it took a wee while. It took a few months as opposed to a few weeks. But by the end of that, we were both so convinced that Jesus was the son of God and that he'd died and rose again and he'd come to be our savior and our Lord. That it was very easy for us to answer the questions they asked us at the end. Do you believe? Yes. And it was a you know a triple, yes, yes, yes. <laughs> and um, we would love to follow Jesus. And so quite traditionally in the Church of Scotland, you join in a formal way. And it was very much as our son got um, dedicated and and as we would call it in the Church of Scotland, then baptized and uh, we joined the church formally at that point, confessing our faith. And actually the scripture that I was given personally by the minister, who's still a dear friend, Nigel, was Matthew 5, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness for they will be filled. And Donna, let me tell you that I didn't know it right then but that scripture has grabbed hold of me and seat me in for my faith journey for all these decades and years now uh, just to to be one who just hungers for more of God and I believe that in that moment it seeded something in me of propulsion into just a, a never-ceasing hunger for more of him. Yes,
1: yes, I understand that. You, you made a statement that I absolutely loved. You said, you know, at the end of that course, you accepted Jesus as your Savior, but discovering him as Lord took a little mm-hmm. bit longer because that is a deeper, deeper walk. But tell me about being baptized in the Holy Spirit, Sarah Jane. Wow.
2: Yeah. So um, <laughs> a few years on, a few years on, and we'd done Bible study every morning, every week, rather with some other young moms, which was an, an amazing journey. And um, there was this opportunity to run an alpha course for the young moms. And I was one of the leaders at that point for this group. And I'd never done the alpha, the official alpha course. There comes a time when you get to week, I think it might be week seven or six, when it's inviting the Holy Spirit. And the ministry came down that day and I was a bit kind of like curious why why are you coming down for this that is the mum's thing but unbeknown to me he and one of the elders came down to pray in tongues kind of in the background waiting for the moment when uh, there's an invitation of Holy Spirit come and fill come and baptize um, and Nikki Gumble, who leads that video kind of teaching says something like you know people can experience a small flame of Holy Spirit like a pilot light in a hot water boiler mm-hmm. or a rushing and a gushing and an all senses blazing. And I have to tell you, Donna, I had the the latter. <laughs> I had an occasion where the Holy Spirit just rushed through me and literally filled my heart to the point of ex- what I thought was going to explode. I could physically feel my actual heart inside, expanding and almost felt like it was going to burst. I could feel the energy of Holy Spirit coursing through my body and literally burning me with like a... fiery electricity my waterworks were just streaming and my breathing was very strange and fortunately I was sitting down because after this whole experience and there was a number of young mums there experiencing Holy Spirit in their own way I literally couldn't get off the chair because the power had gone from my legs but I was literally praying the whole time, God, I know this is you, but I think you're going to kill me. And (laughs) this is my internal conversation with the Lord as I'm trying to breathe. I'm like, Lord, I think you're going to explode my heart, but I want more of you. You know, it was like that. I don't know if you ever have those moments when you're like, I want more of you, God, but I think I'm going to die in the process. Uh, This was one of those. And I was like, yes, to more of you, God, but actually please go easy. And um, (laughs) after that, I, I mean... I became the most irritating person, I think, in my family because I was so full of the glory and joy of God that all I could talk about was Jesus. And my life completely transformed yes. in that baptism. Yes. I was I, I have to say, doing the supermarket shopping that afternoon when I could finally walk again was a whole other experience <laughs> to what I was used to. I just wanted to tell everybody about Holy Spirit, and I thought that was going to solve everything. But we know <laughs> that's not the case. But it was, it was an amazing, amazing thing. Well, I
1: know that is life-changing for many, many people, but there was something else that sort of marked your destiny right after that. Mm. Once you were baptized in the Holy Spirit, something else started. happening that was actually supernatural
2: that's right yeah and I actually thought that this was completely normal that when I understood what had happened to me I thought well this must happen to everybody who gets baptized in the Holy Spirit because it happened to me so I began to see and hear and sense in the spirit realm and I began to see things on people to see things and feel things in the spirit that I had never had before and I would say Prior to that, I would have had the occasional dream or sense, but nothing like this, where my eyes in the spirit were open and my senses were open. And the first word that I heard, I can remember, was "Alamalek, Alamalek," and it means um, do not worry. And uh, I saw the word, and I heard the word, and I told my minister friend, I said, look, I've had this strange experience where I'm seeing a word and it sounds like this. And he said to me something that really helped. I believe this is of God, which was enough to settle my spirit. Yes. And then I prayed more into that. And I felt the Lord say, this is what it actually means. I heard somebody in an airport saying it. And it helped me find out that it was actually a known tongue rather than a heavenly tongue. Because we know that we're given the gifts of known and heavenly tongues, don't we? So that was something that I saw the word of and heard and I began to see uh, visions and also see things on people like chains or clouds or lights on on people's bodies. And I began to even feel on my body, um, almost like a vibrating or pins and needles experience when I was praying for people who were um, asking for prayer for healing. For example, there was one lady who um, wanted me to pray for her arthritis and I had this pulsating sense in my hands and she had asked for prayers in her hands but I felt the Lord say no actually I feel like God wants to heal your knees and she says oh well my knees are worse but actually it's my hands that I need to do things with but go ahead and pray for my knees because she hadn't actually asked for that (laughs) so I laid my hand laid my hands on her knees and it was almost like instantaneously she felt the heat, she felt the warmth and the, the transformation, if you will, or the transference of that impartation of healing from my hands into her knees. And she said since that time, uh, she hadn't had any pain on walking. We also prayed for her hands, obviously, because she had arthritis in her yes, hands. Yes. And that took a wee bit longer. That took a wee bit longer to heal. It took a, it took a few more prayer times for that to completely go. But her knees were instantly healed, and she was completely transformed. But it was through that that sensing in the Spirit that really called me to, to pray for her knees in the first place.
1: You know what, something you said just, just really stuck out at me when you ask a minister about this, because this was something new to you. You wasn't, does this happen to everybody? This is what's happening. And that mm. minister said, I believe this is of God. How wonderful to have someone to let you know. Yeah, this is okay. This this is of God. And I feel so strongly about that because you learned that early and now you have prepared this fabulous, informative, just life-changing book called Seeing Beyond and these audio teachings that actually help people understand if this is what's happening with you, this is of God. This is what you do with it. This is how you cultivate it. Mm-hmm. So I absolutely love that. And for people that feel like They they have a calling but have not moved into it yet. This instruction and this equipping is so wonderful, Sarah Jane. Let me ask you about a a very personal story for you. Mm. I know as you and your husband, your family, you moved on into ministry. Healing, deliverance is common in your ministry. So many things in the prophetic. But you actually had a personal experience where you actually saw and felt the hands of Jesus touch
2: you. I did. I did. And um, let me tell you, there was nothing more shocking or <laughs> transformative in my world. Um, I was at, I was really hungry for more of God after the baptism of Holy Spirit. I was really, really hungry for more. And um, in fact, It's Supernatural was one of the pointers that somebody said to me, you need to watch Sid Roth and It's Supernatural. <laughs> and, I did, and I'm i so grateful for that. But this was one of those times where I was in worship Nobody was touching me. We were all in worship um, on the Friday night of the conference um, for healing. And I felt uh, somebody touch me on my shoulders, very gently but firmly on my shoulders. And it caused me to turn around and have a look. There was nobody there. And I went back to worship thinking, that's strange. And then I felt the hands again. And I saw then in front of me, A vision, a very clear vision of two hands facing me with um, piercings in the center of the hands. And it was almost in shadow. The hands were so light with the shadow behind them that they were very distinctive. And I knew looking at them, they were Jesus's hands. And I felt the Lord say, it is me touching you. As I saw this vision of the hands at the same time as I'm feeling the hands on my shoulder. And that was the Friday night. The next morning on the Saturday, the same thing happens in worship. And I'm in the worship. I'm not thinking necessarily about the hands touching me from the night before. I'm just getting lost in worship. But then I feel the hands again. And I'm like, wow, this time they really pressed down on my shoulders. And I was thinking, wow, Lord, what are you doing? Because I almost felt like the determination of the Lord as he touched me. And in that moment, then I began to feel a heat on my collarbone. And my collarbone, since I was 11, I would have been in my 30s at this point. But when I was 11, I broke my collarbone really badly and it had never healed properly. And I had this like egg-like deformity on the collarbone on the left-hand side, which was ugly. And it caused me not to be able to have this full motion in my shoulder and my arm would get sore when it was damp. And so I'd forgotten about all of this because you know what it's like? You get used to things, don't you? You get used to things- Yes. You just think this is my life. This is my body. I just get on with it. But Jesus hadn't forgotten about it. And I think this was the thing that really struck me the most afterwards was Jesus, you knew about this accident from when I was 11 and you hadn't, you had remembered about it and you wanted to heal me. And so what happened was he's touching me. I'm feeling the heat on my collarbone and this heat that began to sear was so hot as I'm, literally feeling the heat, and then a pain, I'm starting to touch my collarbone, and I'm crying, actually, with the encounter, but also with the pain and the heat, because it was sore, as well as glorious, Um, and I'm feeling this collarbone straighten out as I'm touching it, Um, and and I'm feeling the heat under my hand, myself, on my body, as Jesus is straightening out that bone, and it was the most bizarre thing, because it was almost like it was like it was being broken again. Yes, yes. It was like it was being loosed again and, and separated again. And I could feel it almost like the two parts of the bone were moving. It was very strange, Donna. It was very strange. Um, but all the while, I could feel also the hands of Jesus very firmly on my shoulders the whole time until this, this bone completely straightened out. The egg of the bone had gone and I, I just kept feeling and touching it. I kept moving my hand up and down it to see, has it really gone? Is this really happened? You know, it was like, I can't believe this is really happening. And the most strange thing was everybody was still worshiping and nobody noticed what was happening with me at all. You know, I'm crying and weeping and and having this am- amazing encounter with Jesus and everybody else is getting on with their encounter with Jesus. Um, but it was, yeah, it was a really profound thing. And I, <laughs> I was so, I, I I think I was so shocked by it. It took me a while to actually speak after that happened.
1: Yes, yes. I want to talk a little bit about the book and the content of the book and just let everybody know this amazing book, Seeing Beyond. You have put in testimonies, impartations, activations. It's very, very practical, a guide for interacting and learning to interact with the unseen kingdom of God and manifesting heaven's glories on earth. Now, this is something so interesting. It's one thing to tell a story, Sarah Jane, and you're telling your stories here and you're giving these testimonies, but you're calling this an invitation. You are giving an invitation for others, all who are believers, to come in and experience this as well. Why do you call it an invitation?
2: Well, I believe this is something, the, the seeing and the sensing realm of the unseen spirit, uh, seeing Jesus, seeing his face, encountering him, all the testimonies that I give in the book, I believe is open to us all as those who have Christ in us, the hope of glory. Because Apostle Paul says, Second Corinthians 4, 18, fix your eyes not on what is seen, but on what is unseen. And so this, this almost like this invitation that comes from, from Paul as well, this directive, enables us to say actually jesus if you saw what the father did and could participate in that and i am one made in the image of god and i'm in christ jesus then that's an invitation open to me and so i believe that what and and as in all of you because i believe what happened to me when i was baptized in the holy spirit and i thought this was normal for everybody actually is and should be a normal for everybody And I believe that this is a realm that is open if we would push the door or or open the envelope, as you might say. Um, And I think the envelope and the gate and the door is Jesus. Yes. And he is the one that shows us the way when we seek his face and we seek first his kingdom as we're instructed to do in scripture. And I think as we begin to train our senses in a Hebrews 5.14 way, in a repetitious way, we can get mature in that. Now, some people take a journey of learning and maturing, and it takes time to to train one's senses. But I believe others, and and particularly with the young, actually not just the young, but particularly with the young, they literally, Donna, are alive with senses that are awakened. They see, they hear, they taste, they smell. It's all guns blazing. Yes, yes. And it's so easy. And I think it it, it should be easy, but I think we've overcomplicated it. And we've we've disconnected it from the experience of a normal Christian life because of new age and because of the way that it's been misshapen and misused. I think we've become cautious and we've pushed it away, but actually it is part of our inheritance as as those who are biblically normal. Yes, And it's for everybody who's in Christ Jesus. I totally 100% believe that. Well, and how much
1: easier and how much more understanding and knowledge do we get when there are resources like that you have created here and put together and developed here, especially to guide people? You know, one of the things I I love, Sarah Jane, is this is not just teaching. It's not just stories. It's not just testimonies. Even though you have a lot, it is so interactive. I mean, you even provide prayers for us to pray so that we know how to pray, so that we know what we're asking for know how to engage with the lord so if someone wants to know i i want to be able to develop my hearing my senses my sight in the spirit Mm -hmm. realm you provide prayers for them give me a little example of like what type of a prayer would we pray
2: Well, I would go really on the back of Ephesians 1, sort of 15 to 18, where there is that sense of, God, give me um, the spirit of wisdom and revelation to know you more, but also that submission of our senses. I think that's really key. Lord, I submit my senses fully to you now, completely to you now. Speak, Lord, and I am listening. So that's the the Samuel scripture where we we see the prophet Samuel as a boy, and he says... I'm hearing your voice, Lord. Speak. I'm li- you're, I'm listening to you. I'm training my senses to hear. I'm training my senses to watch. I give you my senses. I'm submitting them to you. Open the eyes of my heart, Lord, that I may see you and know you more. And in that, we're back to Ephesians 1, 17, 18. Enlighten my heart yes. that I may see and know you more. Because fundamentally, Donna, that's what it's all about. It's about knowing God more seeing him, interacting with him, deepening our relationship with him so that we can be established in who he truly is, as, as Jesus, as the Father, and as Holy Spirit. Yes,
1: and I, I love it that you add these actions. Okay, we've done this, you've prayed this prayer. Now, here's something for you to do, because for me, if I actually do something or put an action to something, it's so much more of an impact, and I remember it, and it gets down in my spirit so much. What type of an action would follow this type of a prayer?
2: Wow, well... I think it's good to ask um, and pray a Psalm 139 prayer like David did. Search me and know me, God. See if there be any evil way, any wicked way in me, anything that's got in the way of me seeing or sensing you. Now, there can be a number of things. Fear could be one. Fear is a big blocker, for example. Have I partnered with fear in any way? Um, And Holy Spirit, shine your light. And I would just take time that's a really easy prayer. Everybody can remember that. Holy Spirit, shine your light on anything that's getting in the way. And then listen and watch and see and hear what the Holy Spirit is saying to you or bringing to mind and write it down. And then take time to meditate with the Lord on what that might be and how that might be prayed for. So for example, if we take fear again, if I've partnered with the spirit of fear in my life, that is a big block to actually operating in the spirit and, and working in the spirit realm, seeing and sensing. So then there's a quick prayer of, Father, in the name of Jesus, I repent for any way I've partnered with the spirit of fear. And I choose to break agreement with that. Show me where it's become a root in my, my world, my life, that I can then you know, deal with it and break agreement with it. But I would say to you also... As you pray, and if nothing comes to mind, don't go digging in your mind. (laughs) Yes, digging in your memory, because revelation doesn't come from thought itself. The God, God uses our minds and He uses our imaginations. But I would say sometimes we think, could it be this? Could it be that? And we could end up almost like picking at scabs, as I would say, you know, going to places that actually maybe have caused us pain that are in our memory rather than actually what Holy Spirit is illuminating. So I would say don't go digging, but do spend time just waiting before Holy Spirit, shining your light. And if there is nothing, just... Take the time to develop and cultivate intimacy with the Lord, because if that's not something that you're used to doing, that is a very natural way of unblocking and unlocking any blockage that might be there.
1: Yes, yes. Well, I, as I said before, we we definitely have way, way, way more than we can cover in just this interview today. But there's something that was so magnificent to me, Sarah Jane, when I was reading your material. You were describing a time that you went through that there were three encounters that God was teaching you and showing you how you could see and sense things on other people. And you said there was three encounters where you were just walking in the city, in Glasgow a couple of times, mm-hmm. and then in London. Describe those three encounters for us.
2: Sure. So it was almost like what I would say is like a defibrillation of my spiritual senses that the Lord did, you know, when the heart gets started, you know, you're suddenly in a place that is uh, otherworldly and almost like a slow motion movie. Everything before me, as I walked on the street, slowed completely down. So the first time this happened, I was on a very busy shopping street in Glasgow and everything went into slow motion, and I began to see everybody's spiritual clothing. Now, these spiritual clothes had different words on them, like lust or greed or jealousy or fear um, and other things, and I could see them. I could see people wearing them, and I could also hear them. I could hear the noises that these spiritual clothes that people wore were making, and the Lord showed me through that that I could Um, If you will, anybody in the spirit, even the demonic could see what we had partnered with by the spiritual clothes that we wore. Fear was the loudest, it was making the biggest noise ever and the Lord showed me that actually it can travel for miles. So if you ever worried about demons reading your mind we don't have to worry about that but they can see and any anyone else angels demons can see in the spirit what we're actually wearing from this clothing so i thought that was very interesting and it actually changed the way that i prayed the second occasion i was walking through a train station and i could see again a slow motion experienced very similarly. This time I was seeing through people's bodies almost like x-ray and it was fascinating. It was almost like the whole body went in shadow, but the piece of the body that was sick, the Lord highlighted in gold or green and showed me different things like thyroid and endocrine functions or heart issues or kidney issues and even one woman I remember him saying she's got an issue with anorexia and it was almost like through her whole system and so the Lord just showed me all of this as I looked again like slow motion as people walked past which again enabled me to then pray for people and look in the spirit when I prayed for healing to see those things in their bodies the third and the final time this defibrillation happened uh, was when I was in London. I was with my husband. We were going to an evangelist event um, with a guy called Angus Buchan, actually, from South Africa. But it was that wasn't the relevant. The relevant thing was that I immediately saw these scorpion-like creatures on the backs of people walking in front of us on the street. And it was a busy street. And they were they were demons the lord said and it was like the people were wearing them and they were fastened into their spines it was the most ugly thing i've ever seen and these were representing the demonic strongholds that people had partnered with over their life yes. and that these scorpion type creatures had attached themselves um through that agreement um and this um uh, this gift of the discernment of spirits really from first Corinthians 12 enabled me to know what these were. And so I knew that I could look for all these things in the spirit when praying for people and get insight really from the Lord as to, to what those demonic things were. And it took me a while to kind of get over that. It was pretty horrific. Yes, And I think seeing things and sensing in the spirit, It's emotional, you know, you see things and it's not devoid of emotion or or experience of of how we might navigate it in the future. But it did enable me to, uh, to help people get free and deliverance is a big part of the ministry that the Lord has called me into. Sure
1: you know what i i love that you just answered my my next question was going going to say okay that's great that you can see this you can hear this that god is showing you this but why 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 does he want us to see it why does he want us to know it and you just said sarah jane so that i could minister to them and to help people get free wow wow that's quite the revelation isn't it when we know that
2: yeah, I mean, I think, you know, it's like Jesus said, I only do what I saw the father do. I, You know, he only did what he saw the father do, what it, the father revealed by his spirit. And I and I think God wants us to see and work with him. And so he allows us to see, he allows us to sense what's going on in the spirit realm so that we can co-labor with God and release people to set the captives free, to bind up the brokenhearted, you know, to release the healing uh, um, in bodies physically, emotionally, and even where people have become um, dissociated and scattered in their thinking and in their hearts. The Lord wants to bring healing and wholeness. We only know what's wrong with them when we get to see and sense in the spirit. And I believe it's one of the things that the enemy hates about the gift to the church because it actually makes us a victorious church where we can see and we can sense both for people and for territories and strongholds and regions. I mean, we become um, indefeatable Uh, when we can see and work with God in this way
1: yes yes you know what there's so many people that are listening right now Sarah Jane and I'm just wondering if you might feel or sense or see anything right now that you might be able to minister to those that are listening that might be experience just what you were just talking about depression fear any of these things would you pray for them yeah,
2: absolutely. I think what I'm seeing is um, in the spirit, as as you ask that question, is almost like a cloudiness over the eyes. And there's a sense of actually, I feel um, hope deferred where it's made the heart sick, as scripture tells us, has clouded the vision, has clouded the eyes. Um, and I feel that that's linked to two things. One is actual um, destiny vision of actually, I have a hope and a future with the Lord. And there's been disappointment that's clouded it because things haven't worked out for people. And there's been a low mood or even uh, depression that's come on people because of that. And a cloud, cloudiness around the mind and around the head and the heart that I'm seeing. And then the other side to that is actually clouding vision physically. So eyes being affected physically through disappointment and hope deferred that's made the heart sick. And so in the name of Jesus, we just pray for you. If that's you, if you're feeling like I've been disappointed, my vision has been diminished, and my eyesight even has been affected. We pray for you now to have that release from the cloudiness, from the disappointment, and from that which has caused you to lose your hope and lose your excitement and enjoyment for life. And we bless you in the name of Jesus now to have that cloudiness released and the clarity yes. and purity of sight a re-established to you in the name of Jesus. Yes, yes. And I feel like a praying and establishing of sight, both of vision for life and of vision in your natural eyesight. And so we speak to your optic nerve and we speak a healing and alignment over your optic nerve and even where your heart and mind are connected to be enlightened by the Spirit of God to see through wisdom and revelation what he has for you today. Yes. In Jesus' name. Yes,
1: yes. Thank you. Now here's something for us. I know this mm. is a wonderful practical guide, this teaching that you have prepared, but but we have a part in it too. And you you tell us that it's important for us to intentionally, I love that word so much, intentionally look, watch, and ask that we need to be intentional about that.
2: We do need to focus our senses, as we were talking about earlier. And there is this sense of Revelation 1 speaks about uh, where John the Beloved is receiving revelation from the Lord. And he's calling it, well, I call it the turn and look principle, because the voice is speaking, the voice of the Lord. And then John says, I turn to look at the voice. And that's quite an unusual um, thing to say, isn't it? it? to turn to look at a voice. Um, but then we get this amazing revelation of who Jesus is and his bright, shining glory that we wouldn't have had if John hadn't bothered to turn and look. So I would say there's an initial revelation of hearing the voice of God, which many of us are used to doing in the prophetic, where we hear and have a sense of what God is saying, and we can write that down. But actually, if we turn to look, we get this fully loaded senses, like John did, of someone like the Son of Man, whose face is shining like the sun in all of its brilliance. And the realm of the Spirit becomes open to us, and we get to engage with it as we turn and look. And so, for me, it's almost like watching a picture emerge in those old-fashioned photographs, the Polaroid photograph. Do you remember those? They're yes, very of course. Yes. So if you wait for those almost like to be developed, I think seeing and sensing in the spirit can be sometimes like that. You see outlines, you see you have a, a kind of a shape or you have a sense of something. You need to kind of focus your senses and wait and relax in the spirit, rest in Jesus, and the picture will come. I think many of us get a bit of nervousness or performance mentality over, I need to see something. (laughs) I can't tell you how many people say to me, I've been praying to see in the spirit for years and I still can't. I said, I think you're working too hard at it. You just need to relax, you know, and dial back. If we try and think it or try and make it happen, it, you know it becomes almost like that elusive bar of soap that's slippery in our hands but actually when we rest back and relax and have the intimacy like john had it was from the intimacy that allowed him to have the revelation that we read about in the book of Revelation. But we we need to cultivate the intimacy to then be able to see and to train our senses in that place. Exactly. Exactly. And this was so interesting to me. You said,
1: okay, when you begin to see things and you're seeing in the spiritual realm, it, it's okay to ask questions.
2: Totally. Totally. <laughs> I think go to Daniel, the book of Daniel. He's brilliant for that. You know, he's even asking questions when he's having a vision and a dream. I mean, that's incredible. But, you know, you you read Daniel, read Ezekiel, you read the prophets. They ask questions of the Lord. What does this mean? They even ask the angels. You know, some people get freaked out about the idea of asking an angel. But actually, there is a scriptural principle of that where Daniel asks the angel, you know, what, what does this mean? And he says, son of man, do you not know? And It's like, well, no. Can you explain it to me, please? And so there are these pre- principles and precedents in scripture. Where we are allowed to ask. And we we're allowed to ask the Lord, you know, what does this mean? And what are you showing me, Lord? And even the, the disciples of Jesus, when he spoke in parables, said, What does this mean? And he explained it to them. So we're we're allowed to ask questions. And I think sometimes we we get a little bit um religious on that and we 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 hear things, we see things, and we think. I'm not supposed to, you know, I need to be quiet. (laughs) I just take the revelation. But it's an interactive. It's a, you're a friend of God. We're a son of God, a daughter of God. We're allowed to be in conversation with him. And I think we get deeper um, and more... um, more meaningful and life-changing revelation when we do ask questions. Yes,
1: yes. My goodness, my goodness. Well, I want to take just a moment here and stop right here for a second and let everyone that's listening know about this powerful resource that you have prepared, Sarah Jane. It's your brand new book called Seeing Beyond, How to Make Supernatural Sight, your daily reality. Wow. Also, you're preparing a brand new and exclusive audio teaching series called Experiencing God's Secret Garden. Now, I know you may be saying, wait a minute, wait a minute, you haven't talked about that yet. What is that? <laughs> what is that? Well, we are going to talk about that in just a moment. So, Sarah Jane, yes, we are going to talk about this phenomenal experience that you call The Secret Garden, but before then, there's something so interesting in the book that that I was studying and reading about that you call the spiritual health check to help us.
2: What is that? How does that help us? yeah i think we need to be very aware of potential pitfalls on this journey of intimacy with the lord not in the going deep with the lord but where the enemy can come around as a prowling lion um first peter 5 tells us about that and i and i believe that the lord is giving us some due diligence if you will um, to make sure that we are safe uh to make sure that we are um uh, have closed every potential spiritual door that may have been opened in our generational yes. line or even by us before we knew jesus christ or even even by things that we may have partnered with. And even just as we were praying earlier, Holy Spirit, shine your light. Show me if there's any issues. But actually, in Chapter 5 of Seeing Beyond, I go into great detail of the different potential demonic areas or dark doors, if you will, that could have been opened that need closed in our lives and potential areas where we can help ourselves and be safety-proofed with the Lord for, for having these encounters in the spirit and making sure that we are a uh, kingdom of God proofed, for example, um being baptized in water, repeating yes. and baptizing yes. water as a key to that. And um, because if you try and have deliverance uh, without that, it's, it's very difficult. So I think chapter five in the book goes into great detail with that. And I give a testimony of how I overcame with the spirit of fear and, In our home environment, and even the generational doors that we may not know about, that Holy Spirit will reveal to us. Yes,
1: you know I am such a checklist girl. (laughs) Uh, I love it in my in my personal life, in my work life. You know, wherever I love a checklist, and Mm -hmm. this to me is so so practical, and it allows you to say, okay, I want my spiritual health to be strong, and I want it to be right where it needs to be to make sure that I'm the best that I can be spiritually, and to have an actual checklist. Here, I'm going to check this off, check this off, check this off, mm. so that I know that I am the very best that I can be in the Spirit. So this was wonderful to me, but you know what? we awesome. <laughs> We have been leading up to this, Sarah Jane, and uh, This is one of the most powerful encounters I believe I have ever read. But you talk about a time where you were so, so in need of refreshing and rest. And God visited you in such, such a way. I'd like for you to just take a few minutes and talk to people about what is the secret garden? What does that mean? How do I enter? What do I find there? All of these things that you experienced, that you were saying, Sarah-Jane, that not just you experienced, but we can
2: experience also. Mm. Wow. Yeah. I mean, I think the secret place and the secret garden are so beautiful and essential for every everybody who's a Christian, but very um, hidden in a lot of even our conversation in in church and normal life. But actually, Jesus said very clearly to us, go into your room. His word is Timion. It's a secret room in a house. Um, He says, close the door and pray to your father who is unseen, who sees what is done in secret, and he will reward you. That's Matthew 6.6. So he says, Jesus, come into this place, this interior room in your house, and meet with me there. And so this interior life is somewhere within. I think Christ in us, the hope of glory, Christ who is in us, and we in him, we have this place of meeting. God started to talk to me about called The Secret Garden. And I don't know if you know that book by Frances Hodges Burnett, which I absolutely loved as a child, The Secret Garden. It's a story of a girl who is an orphan and she goes into this place where her uncle lives and there's this one particular garden that's hidden away and it's been completely forgotten about and she finds it it's hidden behind undergrowth and there's an invitation i think to us all just as that girl in the book of the secret garden finds as she pushes that door open a place that has been long forgotten with cultivation, with time, with invitation and meeting and and communication. Jesus is saying to us, if you will come into that place that is your interior garden inside you, where I will meet you, then your lives will be transformed. There will be flourishing. There will be fruit, much as it says in Song of Songs, blow winds on my garden." There is a sense of the spirit of God coming into our interior garden of meeting for complete transformation. Mm. And in my own, in my own experience, I had a terrible time um, after our goddaughter died in a horrible accident. And I had a word which I would say was the key to unlocking this for me was Jesus saying, I give you permission to rest and sit with me. And it was in a garden under a tree. And it was very much from Song of Songs eight. And I encourage our listeners to to read Song of Songs eight where the Lord is saying, I met you under the tree, but then there's this seal of love on the heart in the garden of fellowship with the Lord where flourishing happens and love and intimacy happens and in a broken place, completely broken and completely devoid of how to pray, the Lord met me in that secret garden place where he healed me, he restored me, and he brought me into um, a completely new paradigm of what it meant to relate to Jesus um, from that place of secret meeting. And so that interior life where life flourishes and where healing comes and where the spiritual waters flow, Jesus brings transformation. And so I would encourage our listeners to, to ask the Lord, just like the girl in the secret garden book found for herself. There is a place of, of meeting for you that is very bespoke, very personal, very unique for each one of us, and as I've led people in activations for this, where we ask the Lord, show me my garden of meeting, and let me see it, and let me see you there, Jesus. Everybody's garden is different, Donna. Everybody's garden looks completely different, and feels completely different, and so for me, even in the activation of that, of, of, of leading people in that, and helping people get there, it looks and feels different for everybody, but I really would love people to go on that journey with us and and learn what it is to be ones who know the way of the Secret Garden. And that secret place of meeting. Yes. So the prophetic word that completely changed my life after the brokenness was this: Jesus's invitation and permission to rest, permission to sit with Him, completely changed me forever. I think I stopped striving. I stopped um, trying to do things under my own strength. I sat, literally sat down with Him and came into His rest. I stopped work. I changed my diary and had these amazing daily walks with the Lord in the spirit and in the natural, where I would just talk to him and spend time with him. And it brought complete healing to me. It uh, brought a completely um, amazing flourishing to my heart and my life. And I was really never the same. And I think where the the pain and the hurt that can be really locked up in us and grief um, and really deep things, roots of things that we haven't even thought about for years. Jesus can put his finger on those in this meeting place of the garden, in that place of rest. And he brings us into restoration and strength. It's the place where we meet with him, where he talks to us, where we get to literally lay our head on his shoulder and if we don't want to talk we can just be with him but if we do want to have a conversation jesus is there to have the conversation and once we find access through jesus the lord has said to us we can go back time and time again until there is fulfillment of our healing and fulfillment of all that he wants to do in that place So I want to say to those who are listening, you know, there is a place to meet with Jesus. There is a place to connect with him, which is easy and fruitful, where even the fruit of Song of Songs that we read about can be yours, can be mine, um, and not just once in your life or once in my life, but actually daily. And so I would encourage each one of us to ask Jesus to show us our personal spiritual garden, and allow him to show you that, allow him to give you a tour, if you will, in that place that is yours, that is unique to you, and allow yourself to carve out quiet time with the Lord. And how I do it is not how everybody wants to do it, but how I do it is I put some instrumental music, worship music on, and it helps me engage in the spirit easier. Sometimes I need to be quiet, Sometimes I need to just sit quietly with the Lord and not have music on and have a notebook so that I'm writing down what I'm seeing. Um, And that's really helpful to actually journal and ask the Lord, what do you want me to see? What do you want to show me? And sometimes the Lord will show different things in the garden, different portions of your spiritual uh, flourishing. Um, And remember that God is The gardener of the vineyard in John 15, he is the gardener. And so he's going to show you the different places that he wants to, to be able to cultivate with you. Maybe there's some places that that need some pruning and cutting back. And we know that God prunes us. We know that he does that so that we're more fruitful. And he will specifically show you in the spirit. And he will tell you what that is if you ask him. Yes. And I believe that, you know, it's an interactive process, Donna. It is not something that is a one-off, but it's a journeying with the Lord and a traveling, if you will, in the different places of our spiritual secret gardens, that it is our interior life with him in that place of intimacy, which we can cultivate. And it's vital for fruitfulness. It is vital, um, I believe, to actually move with the Lord and abide with him in that John 15 way and to cultivate intimacy so that we can hear and see and sense everything that the Lord wants us to from that place of relationship with him and make it our daily reality. Yes,
1: yes. You know, I I got this so, so strongly when I was reading and studying your material that it is, it's so, it's so wonderful. It's so beautiful. It's so exciting when God allows us to see and to hear and to sense things and to be able to help people. But that all begins and is made stronger and solidified by us spending time with Him in what you call the secret garden.
2: Absolutely. Absolutely. And it's worth it. It's so worth it. And I think for busy people and busy lives, which we all are, whatever we're doing, it's so worth dialing back, taking time and sitting with the Lord and allowing Him to infuse us with a life that is His in our place of fruitfulness. Yes,
1: yes. Before we leave, will you please just close us in prayer and just uh, pray for those that are listening today?
2: Well, that'd be my pleasure. So in the name of Jesus, I just pray for everyone listening. Lord, I release an impartation from my prayers, from my life, from, Lord, the fruitfulness that you've blessed me with to release faith in these dear ones who are listening, to be activated, for senses to be awakened, for the hunger of knowing you more, God, to be theirs. And I bless you, friend, to have that ability to be stirred with a hunger like you've never had before, to meet with God, to spend time in that Intimate place with him and to desire that knowledge and understanding of more of who he is and more of the unseen realms in which he inhabits. And so I bless you to go on that adventure with him and to be one who is excited and free and released from every hindrance that might prevent you from that. I bless you into the fullness of seeing and sensing in the spirit and to go on that journey with the Lord Jesus himself. Amen.
1: Yes, yes, amen. Well, we are, believe it or not, out of time for this interview today. But I want to remind everybody one more time that Sarah Jane Biggert's brand new book is called Seeing Beyond. How to Make Supernatural Sight Your Daily Reality, and also this absolutely wonderful, wonderful, brand-new and exclusive audio teaching series called Experiencing God's Secret Garden. So I want to be sure that you get that today, and here's Sid Roth to tell you exactly how you can get it. Sid?
0: Sarah-Jane Biggert operates as a seer prophet and carries a presence for impartation to help your prophetic senses just magnify and grow. Can you imagine having access to God's unseen spiritual dimension? God's Word is so clear that this should be every believer's daily experience. Sarah Jane says her brand-new book, Seeing Beyond, is your invitation to engage all your spiritual senses. Start seeing past your natural daily reality into your supernatural new norm. Are you ready to activate your prophetic senses and operate in the invisible realm? Then don't wait. Get Sarah Jane's brand-new book, Seeing Beyond, How to Make Supernatural Sight Your Daily Reality her brand-new and exclusive three-CD audio teaching series, Experiencing God's Secret Garden. This is the key to seeing beyond for an investment of 35 U.S. dollars. To order, call 1-800-447-2697. Once again, that's 1-800-447-2697. Or go to our website at sidroth.org. That's S-I-D-R-O-T-H dot O-R-G. Be sure to ask for offer number 9805. Once again, that's offer number 9805.